Hello everyone and welcome back to the Tools They Use podcast. It is episode 40 today. Now we have Pete Wright on the podcast today. Pete is behind the ADHD podcast along with Nikki and they put together some great content about ADHD and how to handle it in everyday life. Now today we chat about ADHD and how he suffers with it and how it has affected his productivity, but also some tools and routines that he's adopted to make sure it's under control. So without further ado, guys, we have Pete on the podcast with us today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tools I Use podcast. Today, we have uh, the very friendly, very lovely Pete Wright. Uh, welcome, Pete. Uh, thank you, Francesco. I love it when you introduce me. That was so kind. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and Pete's got um, a potential uh, a laundry uh, situation on his end, right? <laughs> There's a potential laundry situation. It may we may we may have a spin cycle countdown here momentarily. We'll see uh, how bad yeah. it is. So. It'll be. I think it'll be fine. Um, could, could mine ended like fifteen minutes before yours, um, so, <laughs> so that would have been funny if they were going at the same time. I had no idea we were doing. It was we were synchronizing our laundry, so I, we, we should have been in you're, contact. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you're, you're doing yours quite early in the morning, right? They. Oh, well, you know, I, I've got a, t- a teenage child who left saying, please, somebody wash my jeans. And you just, when a teenage child says wash my jeans, you just, you jump, you do it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Right. And, and the, th- <laughs> the thing is, it's, it, it, it relates to all of the topic, prioritization right there. Oh, dear. Yes. Prioritization. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was just explaining in the introduction about some of your work. Um, maybe it's great if you dived into all about the ADHD patron and also the podcast too. Well, the uh, so thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity to do so. Um, I am co-host of the ADHD podcast with Nikki Kinzer. She is a wonderful and talented uh, and supremely knowledgeable ADHD coach. We have been uh, doing the podcast together for uh, nine years this year. Uh, and it started as an as an organizing uh, a podcast and years ago. She started her work as a professional organizer and and discovered that she loved uh, working with people who live with ADHD more than anybody else. And so she, I'm, I'm telling you, she went back to school. She she changed her entire life uh, to become an ADHD coach and to apply uh, all of the wisdom that she brings to organizing to uh, helping people with developed living systems uh, with ADHD. Uh, I am the the nerd of the two of us and so my my I also live with ADHD so my brand of ADHD is is one that is uh, always addressed by my work with Nikki and and uh, um, she's just delightful and helpful and and we do have a, a patreon um, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast where uh, we have a community of folks who are supporting our work and and uh, helping us to add new features to it uh, and so it's it's wonderful yeah I love I love the podcast it's it's such a uh, a deep dive into so many different topics that um, I didn't even know were a problem, you know, like um, the issues that come up within it. And it's it's quite fantastic. If anyone is out there suffering from ADHD, it's uh, quite the resource. And um, obviously, you know, you're a, a sufferer yourself. Um, how and when did you first get diagnosed? Because I think that story would be really interesting to hear. Well, I, uh, so I, 
had I've lived with ADHD all my life, and it's been sort of the 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 question uh, that is always sitting in in the back of all situations that I struggle with organizationally, with time and and prioritization and all of those things. I never really had an answer for what it was. I got married, and um, I you know as new married people do occasionally we go in for a little checkup you know with a, a a counselor and so we'd been married i think 2 years and we went in for our our counseling uh appointment and uh at the end of probably 3 or 4 weeks together the counselor looks across uh, the psychologist looks across and he says um, you guys are fantastic right you're you're doing great you're communicating well uh you're troubleshooting problems well you guys are great you have nothing to worry about he says to my wife thank you so much kira you're wonderful for coming in and doing this and he looks at me and he says pete i'd love to talk to you about your adhd and i had no idea that that was was coming next and and so uh i i mean t- totally surprised me and absolutely didn't surprise me at all do you know that that sensation, right? It was just, it was like a door opened. It put a word to something that I had never associated with myself. And once he did, the the world just sort of opened up. And it's now been, you know, goodness, 17 years uh, that, that I've been on this journey. That that began the journey of diagnosis and and confirmation and, and um, you know, and, and beginning my work and sort of trying to figure out how to how to live with this thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it sounds like that could have been uh, equally quite a shock, but a happy moment in yeah. the sense that, like, there's so many resources that you can dive into, and, and naturally, you're you're one of them now, which is great. Um, <laughs> well, one of the and, resources and you know, out there. <laughs> that's very kind of you to say, and and I hope so for for folks because one of one of the things I ran into, and I think many of us do, when you get this diagnosis, especially as an adult, it can be enormously overwhelming because now you have this word that defines something you've lived with for so long. Where do you even begin trying to to build a resource? You, I mean, it can it, it can be signal overload in no time, and and then you're really no better off, uh, you know, without some sort of a guide to help you navigate these waters. Uh, and and so it's it's it can be challenging. Yeah, I I can only imagine. Um, and in terms of like the ADHD symptoms, like how do you how would you say they? Um, you know, like stunt or affect your productivity like day to day? And how were they? And I guess, how are you now compared to those days? Three questions. Uh, I, well, <laughs> there's a lot to it. Um, I, I am, I still suffer by my biggest challenge is on is prioritizing time around large projects. Um, and, and I'm one of those people that, uh, you know, my brand of ADHD causes me to, uh, you know, put things off uh, and get very depressed about them until the very last minute. And then um, hyperfocus kicks in and the adrenaline push of, oh my God, I'm late kicks in. And, uh, you know, sometimes miraculously, I'm able to do things on time. Sometimes not miraculously at all. I have to kick the can down the street, you know, and I have to continue to to put things off and reschedule because I'm, I'm at my at my very worst, my, um, I am inattentive. And so, you know, not as opposed to hyperactive, which means all that hyperactivity that you, you see in what is sort of the stereotype of ADHD that's happening in my head, uh, which means it's, 
it's not like I'm not paying attention to you. It's that I'm also paying attention to 10,000 other things that are going on. And that, that fractured attention is something that, um, that makes focused work very challenging. Uh, you know, we, we hear all the time that, you know, oh, ADHD hyperfocus is a superpower. And, and I'm one of those that was guilty of, of saying that uh, in the past. It's not a superpower. It is very much a curse. It's only a superpower if it's on something that is appropriate for you to be working on at the time. And very rarely does hyperfocus, uh, you know, rear its head as something that is appropriate for you to work on at the time. That's the danger. It's always inappropriate. I, I may have a project I'm working on, but instead, uh, I, I went through graduate school, you know, and I'm, I had all this work to do. And instead, I spent probably six months ripping CDs from my, you know, grand large collection of CDs while I was supposed to be studying. That marks like an era of my grad school experience when I was struggling to get assignments in on time because I was editing metadata for 14 hours a day as I was ripping CDs on the slowest computer that ever existed. And and so that's one of those examples, like totally inappropriate. I know how to listen to music without having to rip CDs to MP3. And yet it, it decimated six months of my graduate school experience. So um, that, you know, that that's kind of how it works. Now, your second part of your question, how are, how am I now compared to how I was then? Uh, well, I, all of these things in my mind, they're muscles that you have to build. And, and I think for those of us with ADHD, those muscles can be hard to approach and to figure out, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to figure out when I move my arm, which muscles are the muscles that I need to develop to move my arm better, right? You, sometimes you can't even feel them. Uh, and so I've worked very hard to develop those muscles and I have systems that are in just really stringent and rigorous uh, to to keep me on time and task and to use tools to keep me, you know, resonant, to keep time resonant uh, for me. I don't know. Am I answering any of your question in there, that, Francesco? That answered it, definitely. Oh, good. Um, and, and, and the thing is with that is that, um, you know, it, it's a constant sort of progression, isn't it, with everything you're doing? Like, you will see yeah. a bit of improvement each time you do something so um it, it's fantastic and we um i jumped on your podcast a couple of weeks ago and we chatted uh, a lot about tools um which i do want to come to uh, mm -hmm. near the end but um methods themselves like how have you found uh productivity methodologies to be beneficial to you because obviously they're like foundations they're great for being able to add more workload to the table. Have you found any ones that you'd recommend to anyone with ADHD? Well, I believe uh, deeply in these sort of foundational methodologies around productivity. I, I really do. I also believe that one of the grand gifts that you can give yourself is the power of forgiveness when you choose uh, to, to not use all of them. Right. Uh, and, and you hear this all the time, you, you know, from from those who are GTD purists, for example, David Allen's getting things done, uh, which is a wonderful system. And, and I was an active uh, user of the entire system, the 43 folders and everything uh, for years and realized that my ADHD works against me when it comes to. GTD. There are many uh, sort of pieces of GTD that just don't work for for ADHD. And and I, I when I gave myself permission to say, hey, you don't have to use it all. You can actually build a system that works for you. Uh, things got better. 
things got better. Uh, and, and so learning how to adapt uh, methodologies, productivity methodologies to, to actually make sense of, of the work that you have to do in alignment with your brain is, is an important thing. I look at, at distraction as a guy, like it's a silhouette. He's a guy and he's always right next to me, right? He's this shadow figure who's wandering around. I'm sure he's in the, my office right now wandering about. And as soon as I attempt to do something, on my own, that that doesn't have accountability like you are for this podcast right now. Uh, it doesn't have an accountability uh, to time. Um, I'm in a race with that guy. He's like carrying a starting block that as soon as I start something, that guy's down on one knee. And his entire objective is to get in front of my eye line and drag me off in a new direction. And that visual is really important to me because everything I do then is a race against distraction. It's it's a it's a complete race. So anything that's that takes me outside of uh, you know the the realm of what I'm trying to work on will just blow up my day. Uh, and I you know my dopamine push right. That's what we're we're always talking about. The thing that gives us that dopamine push that that gives the that triggers hyper focus that triggers the addiction to to you know some process or another that leads us down distraction. Distraction. It's productivity tools. Right. And so I look on the outside very organized, right? Because I have no paper on my desk. I'm completely paperless. Um, you know, everything I do is on my iPad with my Apple Pencil. Uh, but what you can't see is that for months and months at a time, I'll be simultaneously managing all of my work in Todoist and OmniFocus and To Do and things because I don't know how to quit one. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, I get, I, it, it's very challenging for me and it's all exists in these ones and zeros. So that's a real muscle that I've, I've had to build. So my general productivity and methodology is, is kind of a hodgepodge of all kinds of different systems and, and tools, but it's landed on a little bit of GTD, a lot of ideal calendar work and, uh, and time gating, um, and, uh, rigorous use of templates and Todoist to make sure I don't mm. drop anything. I, I mean, I quite like the fact that you've created this this uh, chap in the room that is able to, uh, you know, almost as a character to, you know, c keep yourself quantified, if, if that makes sense. Oh, he's um, a jerk. <laughs> he's a complete ass. I'm sorry. He's always no, there. <laughs> I, I like that, though, because you can, you can come back to it. You can... Uh, you can relate to it quite uh, well. So that uh, that's something that I really like. So um, obviously a lot of the community who listen into the podcast and also the channel, um, so some of them do suffer from ADHD. And uh, you were just recommending a few tools there. Um, what would you say, and maybe a couple of tools that you'd recommend for those suffering with ADHD uh, that you found particularly good, that is? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, uh, the, the real paradox of this whole conversation is that there are no great ADHD productivity tools, right? There are no great ADHD productivity, but in that same, like the other side of that very same coin, every productivity tool can be great for ADHD. And, and so that's the paradox of finding the right tool because you, you have to be able to, to tune it you, you, like an instrument. You have to be able to figure out what are the features that are easy that reduce friction for you to be able to take information in, schedule it appropriately, and then get it out when it's time to, to actually do the work. 
And so I have ended up on a, and I feel like, or I should say, I fear that this is going to be, you know, deeply repetitive uh, for your listeners, because I know that many of these tools are tools that you've talked about um, at length on your channel. Uh, but I live inside of Todoist, and that's the one I landed on after my massive, you know, ex exploration of all the, the great Mac tools. I landed on Todoist and I landed on for a couple of reasons. First, um, the agenda view is incredibly useful for me. It just ties into the way I use my brain. So when I click on, um, you know, today and I see the times associated with my uh, with my day, the times that are so I could build my calendar off of that. I then have it sync, you know, with uh, my Google Calendar so that I can watch it. Uh, I can watch my appointments show up and have a visual indicator of time. That for ADHD is really important. Being able to see time as a as, as a, a slice of space, right? I, and and that's a little bit hard to to think about. I look at the watch example. You know, I have a, a an Apple Watch that I use, but I never use the digital face. I always use the analog face uh, because I want to be able to see the sweep of hands. The sweep of hands keeps me grounded in time. And so yeah. the, the, by that same token, right, that week view in the calendar, or the day view in the calendar, where I see the actual time blocks that I'm you know, that I'm, I'm putting aside for specific activities is incredibly important. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, once you've known that system, it's obviously subjective to whoever um, works for you, but how right. you organize it by time will, it obviously massively helps you. So that it's really good. I also on that calendar, I, ha I created uh, the, the, my ideal calendar. And for those who haven't, you know, explored this, uh, my ideal calendar actually it's yellow and it blocks every single minute of my day and says, ideally, if I had no other commitments and no other obligations from others in my life and no other work, what would my time look like? You know, well, I'd be sleeping for a lot of it. There would be family time <laughs> and there'd be lunch time and dinner time, right? There'd be this time. And then I would have a, a large block of time in the day for, um, uh, the, my work commitments uh, to my clients. I'm a, I'm a freelancer, so I have a lot of bosses. And so that time would be blocked. And, uh, you know, I would have time for, for professional development of my own business and for other podcasts that I'm working on. What would that time look like? Then the rest of my effort in, in managing time becomes an exercise in massaging my, uh, you know, the actual commitments into the ideal calendar kind of template. And the closer I live to that template, the happier, the saner, the calmer, the more relaxed I am in my life. As soon as things start to fall apart off of that ideal calendar, and I'm, I'm doing things outside of the schedule that I had originally set up, I, I recognize things are things are on the way to, to falling apart. And when things fall apart, they fall apart hard. Um, you know, for me, it's hard to, to get things back into, you know, a, a state of normalcy, uh, just because of how the brain works. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, the thing is, uh, it's, it's gonna be a lot harder to be able to, you know, when you've, when it all crashes down, because you, you've got to, you know, cope with the symptoms around. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, I, I mean, there, like, that's something I haven't actually heard much of, but I quite like that concept of like, uh, you know, your goal is to align with that calendar. And that's really, really nice. Um, do do one question I had there is do you color code the calendar to make it a bit more visual? 
Well, so the that original one. Yeah, that. Um, so I have my uh, ideal calendar is is just yellow, and it's it's yellow because when I activate it, you know, I use Fantastical, and I have a calendar set. Uh, which is, you know, daily living, I call it. And it it brings up that calendar set and shows me all the yellow. And, and Fantastical is, is nice, especially I use it in dark mode and it, that yellow kind of pops for me. Uh, and then I lay uh, both my, um, my work calendar and my Todoist calendar, which are different shades of, of blue, uh, so I can distinguish between the two uh, on top of that yellow calendar. And then I can, I, you know, the things that I have control over, I can move sort of within. So you have the, the ideal calendar sort of on the bottom and everything else is layered on top of it. Uh, and so I, I don't know, I, that works for me. I, I have gone down the road of having many, many calendars so that I can have, you know, different areas of my life um, color-coded differently and that became a dizzying sort of confetti of time that i yeah. i'm more distracting for me visually than than just having large blocks that i can recognize more cleanly i can imagine um and one of the final questions i actually had for you was uh in terms of like uh maybe those listening along who have uh maybe in the last three months been diagnosed either by their doctor or um by someone else uh, that that they have ADHD. What advice would you give to them about task management and prioritization um, based on your own experience? Well, I I think it it does you great service to uh, know your ADHD, uh, and uh, you know ADHD is a is a spectrum disorder, and that means your ADHD is different than my ADHD is different than his ADHD is different than her ADHD. It's different for all of us. No one has the same ADHD. It's this spark inside of us that causes our body and our mind to do things that are unpredictable. That's, that's it. And, and how you go about learning your ADHD, you know, for me, if it helps, um, a a more rigorous sort of daily journaling activity. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of day one. I, I love the app and I needed to document how my brain was working at any given time um, to, to stay on top of it, to stay on top of my needs. You know, if, if I'm, I'm writing about a certain set of behaviors that I found myself, you know, experiencing on a given day, uh, when I come back to it at the end of the week and I kind of scroll through my posts, I can see, you know, Tuesday, Pete, he has a problem that was repeated by Wednesday, Pete and Thursday, Pete, maybe there's a productivity tool out there that I should, I I should look at, or maybe there's a way I can update my Todoist or my Fantastical, uh, to help me, um, you know, handle that set of behaviors. Um, and so, you know, some people need rigorous visual organizational tools, and some people just need to to understand and internalize systems and processes. That's that's more me. But don't judge others' ADHD and recognize that your ADHD is not it, it it's not the end. You're not alone. Uh, and uh, you know, there are there are large communities of people out there who are are willing to give you advice and and help and support. Um, as you learn your ADHD. 100%. And uh, I quite like that tip about the uh, the journal side of stuff. I think I don't do that enough. Um, that actually going back, you know, a week before or two weeks before and actually 
seeing what you were like <laughs> in some yeah. sense. That's a really I, good tip, I always yeah. have this experience where I go back and look at it and I have no memory of, of writing it. If it's like a month ago, it feels like somebody else sort of, it was an out of body sort of dissociative experience. I don't know yeah. that guy, but man, he was smart or wow, what an idiot. But it's really, uh, it, it, you learn a lot. Uh, you know, you are your own best teacher, I think, in it, when you're looking at at, at personal development and and so you can learn a lot by you know if your thoughts are important to you keep them um yeah so. definitely brilliant well it's been absolutely amazing having your insights into adhd and obviously uh the tools and also the methods you're using um where can everyone find you after this podcast pete well, if you're interested in learning more about the ADHD podcast, you can find it at Take Control ADHD uh, and just click on the podcast tab. That is Nikki's uh, site. If you're interested in more of my work, my main podcast site is at rashpixel.fm, uh, R-A-S-H-P-I-X-E-L.fm, and you can catch up with the ADHD podcast there and along with all the other podcasts I do. And and if you live with anxiety, as I also do, uh, you, you might check out What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. Oh, wow. I haven't even checked that out yet. I've got to uh, get, get to it. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll give you a chuckle. It's, uh, it, it's good fun. Brilliant. Um, and and the great news is our laundry machines didn't speak to each other during this one because I didn't hear anything on your end. <laughs> I am deeply relieved. <laughs> I didn't have to deal with that. So uh, that's it. You. And a happy yeah. teenager at the end of it. So yes, that, that's, that's right. Jeans are clean, everybody. Jeans are clean. <laughs> Lovely news. <laughs> uh, Pete, it's been absolutely wonderful having you uh, on Tools I Use. Um, it is always a pleasure talking to you, Francesco. Thanks for listening. To the Tools They Use podcast, a Keep Productive production. See you next time.